It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now, it's the rest stop with Brad Restituto. Comes up to the pocket. Fires the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All aboard, welcome to the rest stop, live on a Tuesday, September 29th. We come to you live at 9 o'clock Pacific time every Tuesday and Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Jump on board. Uh, we may have to change that open as the uh, Vikings and Kirk Cousins get off to an 0-3 start after losing to the Titans this weekend. But we got, we got a really good show for you. Uh, my man Ed Graney from the Review Journal will join us. He is the Renaissance man of Las Vegas media as he has a morning show, a podcast, and he's a writer uh, for the Review Journal covering the Raiders. So we'll get some NFL thoughts and some Raiders talk from Ed. Uh, we got a few new segments that are going to be fun, so make sure you stay tuned. We're going to kick it off with Time for Church with the Believer. And we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, Spencer the Wiz, my main man, my producer of the rest stop, he's got himself a segment coming off. It's just a little whiz with Spencer the Wiz. And we got just tons of talk for you today uh, with COVID, the presidential debate. Uh, we've got Raiders without masks. We've got our NFL picks that we'll review. Uh, we've got some basketball news as the final start, WNBA also. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned with us here at the rest stop. Again, we come to you live every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. And make sure you download the Twitch app and go to www.chrislandryfootball. And that's going to be under twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball. If you miss us here live, you can go to any of my social media pages, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Brad the Believer, and then also make sure you search any of your podcasting platforms. You make sure that you want to search Landry Football Conference Call, and underneath that umbrella, you'll see the rest stop. Spence, without further ado, let's get into our new section. It's time for church, my man. Okay, Spence, you're probably wondering what this is about. Well, look, the month of September has been quite interesting for the believer. I've really had quite the positive spirit coming into this month. 
my girlfriend, she's in full effect. She's coming back uh, with the love of Jesus into the household. We are watching sermons uh, on a weekly basis. We're reading The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Uh, I read my Jesus devotionals every morning, and I'm fired up about it, Spence, because I'm just feeling good. You know why I'm feeling good, Spence? Because in the past, the believers made some mistakes, right? Tons of mistakes, but I can always reflect on my behavior and modify that, right? And it's a good thing. But during this COVID-19 pandemic, it's not my fault, okay? Everything that's going on around me uh, is out of my hands, okay? Whether it's jobs that I've been released from, whether it's opportunities I've been passed over, it's something that I really don't have a lot of control over. So I've had to kind of give up my pride, my ego, and my expectations and kind of surrender it to my God, uh, to my Lord and Savior Jesus, okay? So I've taken time to meditate and to surrender my pride and my ego because in the past, being in this industry, I've seen people be in spots that I've wanted to be in or thought I deserved. But at this point in time, I've kind of had to put all that behind me and I've had to take an attitude of gratitude, Spence. And the first thing the believer is grateful for I'm looking right at him, Spencer the Wiz, because the rest stop would not be what it is without Spencer the Wiz. And he's been somebody that I would not have met if things would have happened differently. So my first level of thanks goes to you, Spencer the Wiz, and my attitude of gratitude, because I would not have my own platform and Spencer the Wiz and the rest stop if it weren't for you and your help on this show. So I want to say thank you to you, Spencer the Wiz, and also... Uh, everything that's going on, like I said, out of my control, uh, but having this platform and having free reign to do what I do, I have to thank Chris Landry, Chris Landry Football. I got to thank the Tominator and my mom. The Tominator helped me get my computer going this weekend. You know, it was slow, Spence. Well, now it's working like a whiz this weekend. So I'm just feeling good about this month, about this week. Uh, I still don't really have a job due to COVID, but you know what? I've got some irons in the fire and what I'm doing during this uh, believer church month, really it's not a month, it's a lifestyle, is I'm not standing by waiting for stuff to fall out of the sky. I'm slowly trying to make things happen, continue to build relationships and the right thing will present itself as long as I stay diligent and I stay consistent. So I'm very grateful for the people in my life, Spence, and I'm grateful for the rest stop, and I'm grateful for you. So that's where we're at now, and there's some things that still need to be ironed out in the believer's character. But one thing during uh, Pastor Michael Todd, what he taught me today was things that are in the dark, they need their time before they're shown to the light. It's like pictures in a camera. They go to the dark room where they're developed but they've got to be developed before you have the final print. So the believer in the rest stop is in developmental mode until he's ready to get everything light, right. And then he will break free into the wilderness. So I'm very pumped up about that, but enough of my rambling Spence as church session is now over, but we go to a new Bishop, the Bishop of uh, Las Vegas sports media, the one, the only Ed Graney joining us. Ed, sorry, I know I made you had a couple more sips with that uh, rant session there, but thanks for sticking through it, brother. If I'm in charge of uh, the, any over any uh, anything over anything, we're all in trouble. So uh, you stay as the bishop, and I'll just stay as the guy who writes and talks about nonsense. I, that's my that's kind of my lane. 
All right. Well, I'm going to take you out of your lane, but just for a quick second, uh, I want to ask you, uh, I know you're not much into politics, but if uh, if you were to observe the presidential debate tonight, how would that play if it was a radio show with those two jabronis talking over well, each other for 45 minutes? You know, the uh, famous Mountain West Conference basketball official, Dave Hall, we like to give a hard time to, right? Well, he right. didn't officiate the, the next one because Chris Wallace was lost. I mean, and, and not- I don't know how much was his fault or not, because those are two dudes that, you know, you're, you're trying to get in the middle of and it's hard, but what a disaster on all levels. I mean, I, you know, I just, uh, I think in one, in one TV in the house where my wife was, I think 10 minutes in, I heard something else on the, on the, on the, uh, the TV because it just got to be when so many people talk over each other, you just don't know what you're listening to after a while. So, um, yeah, I didn't, uh, I, I'm not one to speak out politically, like you said, but I did. I did watch it. I think it's important to watch. I have a son and daughter who are very politically minded. One in grad school, one a sophomore in college. So you know they're very politically minded right now, which is good. I like that about them. Love that about them. But for me, I just kind of wanted to sit back and watch. And after a while, brother, I was I, I was depressed. There weren't many sports on tonight because uh, that that got kind of crazy to watch. Yeah, speaking of sports, Ed, let's keep it in the Vegas Valley. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces, one of our new professional teams, they find their way into the WNBA Finals this week. Uh, aside from that, my question to you is UNLV sports. Uh, I, I'm thinking with all the professional sports here, UNLV sports is kind of getting lost in the shuffle. Are they really going to be an afterthought in this town, uh, given all the success of professional sports, if they don't get something together uh, in the positive direction as a program? Yeah, I mean, football especially. I, there's always going to be basketball fans because of Tark. I mean, so they're always gonna have, you're always going to have kind of that base fan of basketball. But football, with Marcus Arroyo as the first-year coach, they've got to win. Now, this is an, a, a different year, obviously, because they're only going to play probably eight conference games because of the COVID. And, you know, everyone's gonna, it's just going to kind of be weird. But in the years to come, yeah, I think, you know, with the Raiders, I mean, I just know from my paper standpoint, if you see what we do on a weekly basis, it is heavy, heavy Raiders. And I agree with that because that it's the NFL. When you're, you have an NFL t- team in your town, that's the story. Then you have the Knights. Now you're talking about the Aces. Um, so, yeah, UNLV football has to win. That's just the way it is. I mean, the basketball team hasn't been in the NCAA tournament in a long time. It's still basketball. I think you can see where TJ's building it. But I think it's more important, Brad, like you said, football has to win. And, I, look, I'm not saying like 10-1 and one in a given year. I'm not even saying 8-4. and four. I'm saying get the 6-5 and five and go to the New Mexico Bowl. And I think people will be happy with that um, as basketball season starts. You just can't keep going – Five and seven, four and eight. You just can't keep doing that. Now that the Raiders are in town, it will not be good for you in the end in terms of what you said, perception or even like interest. Ed Grady joining us. You can find his work, The Review Journal. He covers the Raiders, covers sports. He also has a local morning show, The Press Box with Ed Grady. Uh, the Morning Drive on local ESPN Radio also does a podcast. Ed, before we get some for some Raiders stuff on the field, of course, some of the story going around was the uh, function last night where there wasn't a lot of masks going on. We had news come out in the NFL yeah. with the Titans and the Vikings uh, having to postpone activity. Uh, the optics don't look good here. Is there a possible uh, after effect that uh, we're going to have to see some delays in, in organized team activity because of this? Well, I you know I read that the NFL thinks they're getting the Titans off this week against the Steelers, the Vikings um, against the Texans. We'll see. I mean, I think I think I, I assume the Vikings are waiting for tests back. Once the Titans pop three or four, then obviously the Vikings said, okay, you got to test seriously now and, and today and to see, but. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Raiders look, it's very bad optics. It was really bad that the Titans came out today after this. But they, there was a, Darren Waller held his gala last night for the his foundation to help uh, young adults without alcohol and drug addiction. He's an addict himself, three years sober. Incredible, incredible foundation for kids. And the really sad part was 
Ultimately, the story became several Raiders, including Derek Carr, not wearing masks, um, uh, intermingling with the public. Derek Carr actually taking a picture with and fist bumping a man who paid a lot of money for his jersey, but with no masks. And at the end of the day, given what the NFL protocols are, and let's be honest, the Clark County and the, and the Nevada protocols are, it was just a horrible optic and bad, uh, bad lack of judgment. So they'll probably get fined by the NFL. I know their owner is not happy. I talked to him. Uh, this is not the headlines they want to see. Um, as he told me, put the masks on. That's what we tell everyone. So it, it'll blow over in time. But no, Brad, it was a bad look for them. And, and it really took away. And that's the separate. Like Derek Hart and those guys showed up to help Darren Waller. Like they were there for their teammate. They're there supporting him. And Mark Davis loves that. But he said, put on a mask. I mean, it was really easy. So it's a bad look for them. And it's too bad that it took away from a night that should have been about the kids. Yeah, and I really want to touch on this because it hits personal to me too, uh, not just the uh, the standpoint of Darren Waller's foundation, but also what Dak Prescott, Hunter Henry talked about and something that I think gets overlooked, uh, the mental health aspect of professional athletes in sports. Uh, it's really unfortunate that that the, the great foundation and function, what they were all there for, gets overlooked by this mm -hmm. uh, because it's really something I'd like to be discussed further, what Darren Waller was about and what really some of these players uh, want to talk about more on a grand stage. Absolutely. I mean, we have two players now, uh, Robin Leonard with the Knights, who obviously has spoken uh, open on mental, uh, mental health issues. Now Darren Waller with his addiction. And that's great. The more you talk about it, it's great. I mean, those guys being the faces and pro athletes in this town and, you know, they hold some, some cachet there as pro athletes on the two major teams. So yeah, you want these kind of galas, you want these guys speaking about it. You want them talking to the media about it to get their message out. Um, and you don't want it to be interrupted by what we had to do all today which was state chase a story and guys who didn't put masks on. Now, as the Raiders owner, Mark Davis told me, I understand this is a story. We made it a story by not wearing the masks, wear the masks. You know, if they wear the mask, it's not a story. So, and you know, I think people look, people who are mad at that kind of reporting, I would only say, okay, let's, let me give you this, this scenario. If you're a Raiders fan, I, you know, nobody wants this to happen, but one of the players last night gets it for some reason. And he tests today uh, or he tests tomorrow. Symptoms not yet. He tests tomorrow after he's around everyone. And then half the team goes down. Now, you still okay with us not reporting it? I mean, at the end of the day, it's a story. They should have had masks on. Their, their owner wasn't happy. And they need to abide by health safety protocols, starting with the NFL. The NFL has their protocols. The state has their protocols. And they pretty much violated everyone. Now, Sislak today came out with a new number. But that new number was not in play last night when there were far more than 50 people in that room. So uh, I think it's a lesson learned. My guess is talking to the owner today, I believe you will always see the Raiders in the foreseeable future with their masks on. I'll just leave it at that. There we go. And some more stuff, maybe not reported uh, in the review journal, but definitely on Twitter. I call it Tipgate. Uh, there was no names mentioned, but one of our local radio guys, uh, yeah. Dave Koken, was in the middle of this. Um, it's definitely got some chatter and got some Raiders fans fired up. Yeah. And you've been in this this town <laughs> for quite some time. This is Hospitality is the lifeblood of this town. Um from what you can gather, just give us a little thoughts on that entire dynamic and some of the, yeah. uh, <laughs> the, okay, the conversation. So Dave Koken didn't name the player, but right. if you follow it, a certain Raider answered back to Dave Koken. So he kind of outed himself, really. I'm not going to say it is not my business, but just go to Dave Koken's Twitter and you'll see you answer back to me. Um, $600 bill, reportedly a $10 tip, right? That's what everyone heard. Um you know, look, a lot a lot of players, um, when they come into the league, this has been talked about. This is why there's money managers at their first meeting. How do you handle money? They've never had this kind of money. You know, they've never they've never been in a situation probably where they can go buy $600 worth of food. 
Um, and it's just one of those, I think maybe a situation where I, do, I don't know the player well enough to where I could sit here and really rip him for it. Cause I don't know his background. I don't know if he ever had the means to buy that much food. I don't know. I don't know anything about him other than who he is on the team and what he does for the team. So I will say this, my guess is like with the masks, he'll tip more next time just for the sake of not going on Twitter and not having to deal with it. Um, but you know, we have fun with the stuff. I mean, Tiger, Jordan, there've been some major, major athletes in this town who have really gotten a hard time for not tipping. I don't want to put this kid in it who's a rookie yet because I just don't know the situation with him and if he really understood the whole situation. Now, Tiger and Jordan, they understand the situation. They know a little better, but I'll, I'll hold judgment on this guy because I just think it's his first year in the league. He's young, from a different part of the country, never had this kind of money, and I think sometimes you get into situations where, you know what, I mean, I, I, I would have been the same way if I came out of college and all of a sudden I have millions of dollars and I've never tipped anybody in 600 bucks. Like, well, I'm going to, you know, I'll give you this 10 bucks. It's not good. I don't know. So um, it made for some good twi- tweets though, between a uh, unsaid player and Dave Koken. It's yeah. great. Koken go back and forth with anyone on Twitter. I agree with you there. And Ed, I'm going to bring you on again. Uh, Cause I got a good tipping story involving me, but I'll save that for, for another day. Let's get, let's get to some on the field stuff with the Raiders. Uh, a definitely surprising two and zero start. They travel East to take on the Patriots this past Sunday. You were there. Um, tough not having Henry Ruggs in the lineup. Um, you know, Belichick, he's great at taking away what you do best. Darren Waller, uh, definitely in the first half, is almost ineffective. Uh, Belichick, he keeps finding a way. Talk about that matchup and what it meant for the Raiders uh, in defeat. Yeah. I mean, uh, the short story is they did everything you can't do on the road, especially against Belichick, and win the game. So they were never going to win, turn it over three times. They did. They were never going to win, uh, breaking down defensively and giving up 250 yards. They did. So they just did things that you're just not going to win that game. Missing a field goal when they could have tied it, then Newton takes them the whole way to go up 10. I mean, they were they were they didn't play well. But say in the long run, when I looked at the schedule for the year, Brad, um, Carolina, Breeze, at the Patriots, Buffalo, who's good, at Mahomes, by Brady. So that's like six games. I think I said if they could get out of it two and four, the back end is really easy. Now, remember, there's an extra wild card game this year. That's On the right. back end, Denver twice, they're horrible. The Jets are a mess. Just don't play Atlanta in the first half. Show for the second half, you'll win the game because they might be the worst second half team in the history of football. Um, you know, uh, Cleveland, you never know where in that time of the season where it's at. So what my point is the Chargers, you know, everyone's hurt now. My point is there's a lot of potential – Miami as well. There's a lot of potential wins in the back end to where if I think they're two and four, it might sound a little crazy, but with the extra um, wild card, and if they can get healthy, they've got a lot of injuries, they could be in it for that extra wild card. I, I just don't think people should at two and four say, oh, it's over. The schedule really softens uh, after after Brady comes here. So, you know, they didn't play well. I don't think anyone thought they beat the Saints. Uh, no one thought they beat the Patriots. They're still plus one on the season, right? Because, they, you know, they're favored to beat Carolina. They did. Not favored to beat the Saints, they did. And they weren't supposed to beat you know, um, New England. So they're plus one. And I'll tell you what, and you know, you're much better at this than I am. The fact that the Bills are laying two and a half, three, kind of, you tell me if I'm wrong, kind of makes me shade to the Raiders for a few reasons. One, it's always like, what did you see last? And they were horrible. But two, I would guess looking at that number, wouldn't the books want you betting Buffalo after what you saw from the Raiders? Like, yeah. if all that, I only have to give up two or three against these guys. I mean, wouldn't that's what the books would want or no? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's what the books yeah. want. Uh, we have a guy uh, on the show, diehard Raiders fan, Spence, jump in here. He thinks the Raiders are, are the worst team in the league aside from the Jets and the, uh, and the yeah. Giants, and he's a Raiders fan. 
Vince is like me with the Dodgers, best team in baseball. I think they're going to lose to the uh, Milwaukee Brewers in two games. No. <laughs> said you love the Bills, minus three, okay? So talk Grady off the ledge here. Tell me Yeah, right. no, they're, they're handing out free money at the sports book. I really can't believe it. I think it's going to be a blowout. Derek Carr got exposed last week not being able to pass 10 yards. Uh, Henry Ruggs will definitely help. I'm not going to lie and say that. But uh, this Bills defense is much as vulnerable. They looked at the end, obviously, at the game. I think over – like the Raiders offense is nowhere close to the Rams. So they'll never be able to score 20 points in a surge. I don't, the Raiders won't be able to score 20 points in this game. And the Raiders defensively, their secondary is just not very good. They have no run game. This big free agent acquisition of Corey Littleton, which I'll admit I was excited about as well, has been one of the worst linebackers in the league, according to pro football focus, which I don't know. Yeah, well, keep, so. keep this in mind, guys. Okay, the Rams in their second stream running back, Henderson, ran up and down the Bills' defense last week. So I don't know if the Raiders expect Incognito to come back, but they should be able to run the ball against Buffalo. So uh, Yeah, Incognito's still out because he's on the IR, so he's out a few more weeks. You know, Spence makes a great point about Littleton, and I think what we forgot, someone on the morning show reminded me about this. If you go to the Rams last year, Littleton was probably their sixth-best defensive player, right? But when he came yeah. here, it was like, oh, he's going to be it, – it's hard to go from six to one on a bad defense, right? So you're going to go be number one on a defense that was terrible. So you can be a little better, but you're not going to make everyone better. So Spencer's really right in that I think people are like, well, what's wrong with Corey Littleton? I said the same thing when I saw his, uh, when I was told his pro football rating, his focus rating. But let's be honest. Now, he had, had he been the number one guy in the Rams coming? Then you'd be like, all right, well, what's wrong with you? But he was like the sixth best player. So you're like, maybe it's now making sense that we're not hearing his name every snap. It's the same uh, with the safety. Everyone from we we're, we're somehow obsessed with defensive players from the Rams that end up leaving. Yeah. I can't think of his name now, but uh, he's been equally, if not worse. So it's just really not working out. And I don't blame them. I, I was a fan of Corey Littleton as well coming into the offseason. Yeah. But it's, it's more than that, right? There's no pass rush outside of Max Crosby. Yeah. Damon Arnett is a great tackler. He's literally one of the best tackling corners in the league. But it doesn't matter when you're getting blown past and – Abrams, as much as exciting as it was to see him get his first interception, he's so out of place like 90% of the time yeah. uh, on run defense, especially. It's yeah. like it hurts to watch with your eyes. Yeah, he's – um. and here's the thing I think about Jonathan Abram. I actually talked to Rodney Harrison, the former uh, Charger today, about about Jonathan Abram. He he was hard on him, but he said, look, he's you know he's really a first-year guy because you have to learn it can't be a home run hit every play. Sometimes you just have to break a guy down. He goes, his problem is twofold. He goes, like you said, Spencer, he takes bad angles and he overruns everything. And if you do that against McCaffrey or even Sony Michelle's, we saw, saw you have no chance. Those guys are too good. Never mind McCaffrey, Sony Michelle, my goodness, ripped him. But the other thing is, and 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 Rodney said this, he goes, look, he goes, you also have to look at the levels one and two, say, what the hell are you guys doing? Because when your safety is involved in that many plays, there's something wrong ahead of him, right? So if you if the, if you're getting past the first second or first two levels. And Jonathan Abrams taking bad angles, you have no chance. But what Harrison has said, like, look ahead of you, too, because those guys aren't doing their job if this guy's coming up making all those tackles. Yeah, and I think we can take it one step further. I think we can all finally admit it. We all, No one wants to say it, but I, I will say it on behalf of everybody who uh, follows the Raiders. Cleveland Farrell is a bad football player. He won't be on this Whoa. team in two years. Wow, strong words from the Raiders. <laughs> I cannot argue with the Wiz, nor will I ever, because I never thought I'd say I'd argue with the Wiz. So I'm not <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Raiders' opponent this weekend. Ed, uh, somebody who I've been on the bandwagon, but some of your uh, colleagues aren't big fans of, quarterback Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I know the colleague you're talking about, Hello Adam Hill. Uh, I I can't take a side because I write the column, but if you tell me Josh Allen throws six TDs this week, I'll have a little smile on my face because Adam Hill, who still doesn't believe he's any good, by the way. Right. 
I was watching the numbers on the Rams game, and granted, they came back, but Josh Allen, like, look at his numbers. He still does not believe he's any good. So I'm not going to be bummed if he comes in and just tears it up because Adam sits two feet from me or now six feet socially distanced in the press box, and I will be laughing at him the whole game if this guy just goes up and down the field. Yeah, and this is the same quarterback evaluator who thinks Russell Wilson, who's got more touchdown passes and incompletions, is overrated. Okay, so. Wow. <laughs> Uh, your, your guy, Adam Hill. He's not, wow. a, he's not a Russell he's Wilson fan. He's, wow. Yeah, ask him. Russell Wilson, who has never gotten a first-place MVP vote, might be the biggest all-time uh, 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 joke in the fat world that he's never gotten a first-place MVP vote. I, I heard that, and I know MVP, you have to go year to year, so sometimes you have a great year, but then some guys you know, are Steve Nash, and they just have this incredible year, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, Steve Nash is the MVP. It's kind of like it goes like that in a given year. But the fact – and well, let's be honest. Russell Wilson's going to get some votes this year. unbelievable. Spence, you've got to research this for me. I'm, I'm willing to go out on a limb, Ed, and say Russell Wilson statistically is a top three third-down quarterback as far as efficiency uh, in the history of the game. I've never seen anybody Whoa, better history. on third okay. down. Uh, not only with his legs, but, I mean, he, he threw that touchdown pass on third down along this week against the Cowboys. The guy is unbelievable on third down. He extends plays, extends drives, and he's done this with really nobody of note offensively. I mean, you're talking about a makeshift offensive line. Uh, the tight end position that's been a merry-go-round with, in Seattle, and now you just get D.J. Metcalf in his second year along with Tyler Lockett, who's about as tall as an ant. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's incredible. He's and an he player. Yeah. Incredible. And, uh, well, not only Russell Wilson, Ed, let's real quick talk about the quarterback position as a whole in the NFL through three weeks. Aaron Rodgers, who people were putting out to the pasture, has decided to wake up and say, wait a minute, I'm not done yet. Him, uh, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, the quarterback position is as in, in good of a place in the National Football League as it's been in a long time. You know who I also think is doing really well, but he's on a bad team, is Joe Burrow. Oh God! I think that guy. He, I gotta give him credit. He surprised me because you know everyone said, "Okay, one year LSU was at the system." You had all these pros around you. I watched two of their games. You know, I, I tape them when I'm not here. I'm like, you know what? That guy's really. He's gonna be good if they could get people around him. He he doesn't seem phased. He doesn't seem overwhelmed. He doesn't seem like he thinks he can't make plays. I think Joe Burrow's the so as good as Joe Burrow has been in my mind and watching him. Um, I saw this guy live and then I watched him the other night and. He's had an incredible career. He's a first bout Hall of Famer, but I think 20 years has caught up with Drew Brees because I, I, he, there's just nothing left in the arm. And you feel kind of bad because he has to be at the end. But, I mean, what an incredible career. He's going to go out with pretty much every record there is. So he's a first ballot guy. And But, boy, I watched that game the other night of the Packers. You know, they're, and they're both older. I mean, Aaron's older too, but you're right about Aaron. He's kind of been uh, reinvigorated here. And, and while he's going up, kind of Drew is going down. So – but yeah, I'm excited. I mean, really excited. You know, I'm really excited about Joe Burrow, and and I don't have, I don't care about the Bengals, but I just like players. And I, I don't know who's going to get the first pick. I kind of hope it's not the Jets because I'd really feel bad for this kid if he had to go there. But I really want to see how Trevor Lawrence next year translates because obviously he's the first pick. I just don't want him to go to the Jets because I, I just the Jets are just the Jets. But um, these young quarterbacks coming in, um, I want to see Tua, right? Justin Herbert, he's been pretty good. I mean, yep. for going in there, so. I like, I'm with you. I like all the young quarters. And I think, like you said, the quarterback position is really good for the future. We haven't even yeah. seen Lawrence yet. That's right. And a few more before we wrap it up with you. Uh, I want to continue with Joe Burrow for a second. Um, I'm, I'm not patting myself on the back too much, but I'm curious since you've watched some film on him. I'm really the only one that's compared 
uh, Joe Burrow to Russell Wilson. I think what he does in the pocket with some of the footwork and his ability to extend plays on third down and the way he can throw the deep ball with touch, I think he's got a lot of Russell Wilson in him. Do you, have you thought about uh, any comparisons or, or some some of the stuff that Burrow does that you really like? That's the first one I've heard of him, and I think it's a great comparison body-wise. Now, Joe Burrow's going to be – he will develop his body like Russell's. Obviously, Russell's more of a man at this point body-wise and physically, but you know Joe Burrow's going to do that when he's in an NFL weight room the next three or four years. Yeah, I think that's a great comparison. Um, can move with his feet. Um, can throw on, throw with, with accuracy with his feet. Um, I think it's a great comparison. You know, in four or five years, like I said, he'll mature body-wise. Um, physically, he'll, he'll get thicker. He's still really kind of small. He's not – I mean, he's not like – you know, he's not Kyler Murray small, but I mean, you know, he's got to get some thickness to him at that at that height to to withstand being in that league. But yeah, Brad, that's a great comparison. Put it this way: if he's a third of Russell Wilson, he's going to have a pretty good career. Yeah, and, and look, I, I challenge anybody that uh, that hasn't watched it. Just watch what Joe Burrow does with his feet in the pocket and how he can extend plays. Yeah. Um. He so he, he he's good. He's going to be real good on a bad team. Yeah. So, Ed. Uh, Let's continue real quick as we're wrapping it up with you, Ed Graney. Uh, you can check out his stuff in the review journals. He covers the Raiders. Also, the morning show, Press Box in the Morning on local ESPN 1100 radio. Also does a podcast. Ed, uh, the, the Raiders, the, against the Bills this week, um, you talked about that extended playoff spot. In your time covering the team thus far, uh, who has really stood out to you on a, on a personal level that's kind of opened up to you about – maybe the direction that this team sees long-term. Uh, look, well, John Gruden has a 10-year contract. Mike Mayock is firmly in there. They haven't been flawless in the draft process, but yeah. they've been very convicted about the things that they've done. Talk about that real quick. They've actually drafted better late, which is kind of interesting. Um, well, I'll tell you the two best interviews in that entire locker room, it might surprise you, might not, are uh, Hunter Renfro and Richie Incognito. Richie Incognito's amazing interview. People, you know, people, him coming in and all his issues. But for us, for what you and I do on a daily basis, man, can't get better than him. But, yeah, I mean, I think long-term wise, they're happy to be in Vegas. But you have an owner who wants to win and gave a guy a 10-year contract. Um, you know, look, no matter what anyone thinks, the big the question this year will be Derek Carr. They will, I think they'll look at their record at the end of the year. Did they make the playoffs? If not, what do they do? There's a lot of quarterbacks open in that draft next year. I mean, I don't, you know, unless they make a huge trade, they're not getting Trevor Lawrence, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks in that draft. So if for whatever reason they do what they did last year and just go on a tumble, then I think the change is coming because you have no dead money on the cap with Derek Carr. Um, but if he does well and makes the playoffs, I think they'll just continue on with him. A big issue right now is Trent Brown. How hurt is this guy really? I mean, Richie Incognito gets hurt and they put him on IR right away. They haven't put Trent Brown on IR. The guy's been out one day of practice. And I think there's some people in the building saying, got to go now, man. You're, you're the right tackle, the highest paid offensive lineman in history. We need you to go. He hasn't gone. Nick Kwiatkowski's hurt. That hurts them on defense. Hunter um, uh, uh, Henry Ruggs is hurt. Brian Edwards is now hurt. So they're banged up. But you know what? It's the NFL. They've got to they've got to play. Um, Wiz is right, man. They got to play defense. They haven't been good defense in a long time. They're still not really good at defense. So they better find a way to get to a quarterback and defend people because on some weeks they could get to 25 and 30, we've seen 30 a couple times a year, but not every week. They're going to start playing teams like Buffalo with a lot better defenses. And then all of a sudden it's going to be 16 to 20. And I don't know how many games they can win that way, Brad, if they keep playing defense like that. Ed, last thought before we let you go, it says go Dodgers next to your name here. Yeah. Tell us about this major league baseball shortened season. Everybody's in the playoffs. It seems like, uh, is there an asterisk next to the season? And if not, how does it play out? 
Well, there won't be an asterisk if the Dodgers win, my friend. <laughs> then, it's, then everything's cool. No, I, you know, I asked Pete DeBoer that about from the night before they started the hub. Is there an asterisk? And he said, no, we're all the same. We're all starting the same level. Someone's going to win something. So I'm fine with that. I, you know, I'm fine with it. I'll t- I will tell you one thing, and I'll bet you I'll bet you lunch at Red Rock, and, but we'll make people that we gave free gifts to pay. If the <laughs> Dodgers lose in the first round, which could happen on a two out of three, like two out of three, if, if people say, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy, not in two out of three. You got to get hot for two games. Three out of five, four out of seven, the Dodgers probably beat most people. But if they lose in the first round, I will bet you anything that next year it's three out of five because the TV revenue they mm-hmm. will lose if that team goes out first, as good as that team is with the stars that they have, It'll never be two out of three again. So, um, you know, I'm a lunatic about them. The, the only team I'm a lunatic about. I have favorite teams, but nothing like that team growing up. Nothing like that team my whole life. So, obviously, I am like the Wiz with the Raiders. I think the Brewers will probably sweep them in two games, and you will not see me for months. I will be under a desk hiding, just completely depressed. Follow Ed Grady at Ed Grady on Twitter, of course, in the Review Journal and Morning Show here locally in Las Vegas. Ed, I love you, brother. Thanks for a little time. We'll have you back on, man. Be well. See you, brother. Thanks, brother. Take care. That was Ed Grady, Spencer the Wiz. Uh, what are your thoughts there? He's uh, He agrees with you a lot there on the Raiders, man. Are you still standing by uh, Buffalo as your play of the week this week? Uh, I, yeah, I really am. I, I don't think it's going to be very close. And let me just preface this by saying that I don't enjoy any moment of seeing the Raiders get blown out every week. It's not something that I look forward to. It's not something I wish upon. I make this bet because of my uh, sports knowledge, not because uh, I want to see the Raiders lose. I'm, I'm not sadistic. I hope they win the Super Bowl every year. That's what I hope for. But I just know in reality that this team is not poised to be within three points against a Bills team as talented as they are. Spence, let's keep it in the NFL and let's do some recapping of this past Sunday. Um, Before we get to our picks and some of those, let's start off with the Atlanta Falcons. Two weeks in a row, they blow a fourth quarter, two touchdown plus lead. Uh, Dan Quinn, the hot seat is underrated. I mean, this guy's got to have one foot out the door. And Nick Foles comes in in relief, uh, down 16, and leads them back to victory at home in Atlanta. Uh, it's just disgusting. Falcons fans, 0-3, should be 2-1. and What were you to make about them blowing another uh, 14-plus point lead in the fourth quarter? Yeah, no shame, uh, no pride. I, you know, it sounds extreme to say out loud, but, I mean, you got to draw the line somewhere. I mean, it all started with this blown Super Bowl, and I think it's a little inflated. Yes, it's the biggest Super Bowl comeback of all time, but they had like a quarter and a half, and it was only a three-score game. I just think that – just real quick to talk about that. Um, I just think that in your mind, when you see like a basketball game with that much of a difference, you think it's impossible to come back. But being that it was a three-score game, it's very impressive, but still. Uh, but it carried on, right? We've seen it just happen every year and year again where it's these impossible comebacks that should only happen like once every five years, happen twice a year for the Falcons. So it's really just one of those bizarre things that you see in sports. Spence in that same game, Nick Foles comes in in relief for the Bears three fourth-quarter touchdown passes. Looks like he's going to have the reins the rest of the year, and that might be a great thing for the Bears and Bears fans. And we're talking about a 3-0 football team. It's not a team that got off to an 0-2 start under Trubisky, but definitely had some juice in that fourth quarter. The Bears, they lose Tariq Cohen for the year with an ACL, but they've got some weapons on that team. Uh, Ed talked about the expanded playoff in both conferences. Uh, The Bears could be in really good position to make some noise with Nick Foles under center prime candidate and the, the bears are just are better now with nick Foles 
you know, the ability to pass the ball downfield. He may not be the most accurate. He may not make the best decisions, but if we're talking just on the roster they have now, I really think it was indicative of how much they invested in him that he won the week one job. Like they kind of felt like they had to, I bet you Nick Foles without performing him in practice. I just think there's no, there's no way that it's not that case, but they're just trying to uh, hide the, their embarrassment of missing up on Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes. And, and on top of that trading up to get Trubisky, who wasn't even that impressive in college anyways, but they're going to have to roll with the punches now. And they got lucky to get Nick Foles for such a low investment who, uh, hopefully will not get hurt within the next couple of weeks because we know he's had issues with that in his career. Spence, one of the more disturbing losses over the weekend. In the chat, Benny Superfly's team, the Los Angeles Chargers, as a seven-point home favorite, get dominated and beat outright by the Carolina Panthers without Christian McCaffrey. What's going on with the Chargers? It's the same story year after year. They're so freaking inconsistent. They can never live up to their potential. Supposedly a good defense. Herbert looked good the week before against arguably the best team in football, the Chiefs, and they go out and lay an egg, and they get dominated wire to wire by the Carolina Panthers in the first win for uh, rookie head coach Matt Rule. Yeah, as a Raiders fan, obviously I care very little for the Chargers, and I, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me if they keep being terrible. But I will tell you that was the most disappointing game of the week. Uh, obviously, we picked them in their segment. It's not like I bet them with my personal money, but still, it looked like a week where you have this. You know, you should have beaten the Chiefs. You have this great defensive performance. So then you're going into the Panthers, right, with no Christian McCaffrey, and yes, Teddy Bridgewater is still a, quite a very good quarterback, without a doubt. He is able to pass the ball. Uh, very successfully and then you just kind of have a stinker you allow too many points and Justin Herbert who really had the chance to perform against one of the worst defenses in football and he's just average so I I don't know what to make of the Chargers I really don't Spence uh COVID-19 came out finally in the NFL has some noise started off with the Tennessee Titans they reported some positive tests that bleeds over uh to the Vikings and now it looks like organized team activities due to COVID will halt practice for the Titans and the Vikings this week. Uh, Speaking of the Vikings, they fall to 0-3. They finally get some offense going as Justin Jefferson had a buck 75 through the air. I talked about that on the show. They need to get him involved. They did, but the defense still can't stop anybody. Um, How is this COVID-19 going to bleed over now to some of these teams? I mean, we talked about the Raiders organizing without masks. Uh, that's just something you can't do with a lot of people and people you don't know. This is how outbreaks happen. So, Spence, uh, just some carelessness by the Raiders and how many more people uh, are not following protocol when the eyes aren't on them? Yeah, and, and we've talked about this, too, in in the college sense where I said I don't trust college kids to, to you know, fall. But projecting forward, we talk about NFL guys who talk about their egos. And yes, this was a banquet for like a good cause. So, you know, it's not as serious, but I have to imagine that other guys in the NFL are also just not following the rules because they aren't tracked. They're not in a bubble. And these guys are not used to following the rules anyways. You know, they make so much money where you're in you're in a different reality. Let's be honest. You know, you live in the same world technically, but people treat you differently. You have more money, more resources than anybody around you. And I, I do not expect this to be the last outbreak of COVID-19 for the NFL season. Spence, before we pull up the picks, we've got an email at the rest stop now, reststoppodcast at gmail.com. If you want to jump in and take on me and the Wiz on Thursdays, our picks against the spread, email the show, email any comments, 
uh, Corey Fulton, who gave me his picks through text message, uh, had a pretty good week, but it doesn't count in the rest stop standings because you didn't come under the lights and make the picks. Uh, so Spence, pull up the picks. Uh, the Believer was underwhelming in his record this week, but keep in mind I got robbed three times as my pick of the week, the Houston Texans were up the entire game wire to wire in the fourth quarter, and then they decided uh, to give up a touchdown late in the Steelers' win and cover. Another game, the Falcons, who we had, were up double digits in the fourth quarter. We talked about their collapse, so that was another win for the Believer took it away. Also, I had the Cowboys, plus five. They're up 31-30 late in the fourth quarter, have a third and long, and instead of just allowing a field goal to stay within that number, Russell Wilson goes deep for a touchdown. So the Believer had three wins right there, snagged away from him last second. So, Spence, let's start at the beginning, and we'll start Bengals-Eagles. The Believer was on the right side there, had uh, plus four and a half of the Bengals. We talked about Joe Burrow. Uh, the Eagles 0-3, they look like crap. Talk about that game real quick, Spence. Yeah, and I was really excited uh, for a moment watching that game because I was like, oh, they're going to overtime. All I need is a touchdown, and it's it's so – I'll be good to go, and I'll be lucky. And then it just comes to a punt session, and you're like, what do you mean? They can't – they have all this momentum going into overtime, and they can't even get into the red zone? I'll even – I'll accept the loss if they can just get a field goal, but they couldn't even do that. So – I, once again, for two weeks in the in the in this young season, I've taken the Eagles and I've just been spat on in the face. And I have another tough decision coming up because they're a touchdown. <laughs> they're at a touchdown deficit against the um, injury riddled 49ers. But we'll talk about that on Thursday. Uh, Titans, Vikings, uh, Titans seem to be the right side. That number was weird. Uh, the Vikings finally got Justin Jefferson involved, but the defense was just dreadful. Steven Guskowski, who cost us money, cost us win percentages in week one because he couldn't kick an extra point, decides to wake up, go five for five field goals in this game. Titans get the win by one. Uh, so that's just disgusting. Goskowski's disgusting. Kickers are disgusting. As my picks went downhill, I told, like I said earlier in the show, I made a five-team parlay last minute, had Heat money line, had Chiefs money line, had Packers plus three and a half in the over, and I had over, I got a good number, 54 in the Chiefs-Ravens game. And I get a push, Spence. Why? Because that moron kicker, Harrison Butker, who hits three 50-yarders in a row last week, not only misses an extra point, but has a 42-yarder, which is a chip shot for an elite NFL kicker. He misses that. So I can't even get the over on that because some moron kicker decides he can't be consistent. It's disgusting. And that's the reason... I'm only collecting $400 and I still can't pay my rent instead of the 800 that I was deserved by getting over 54 Butker blew it for me. Yeah. It, this is a game at the margins, just like free. It's like, it's the equivalent of free throws in basketball. If you want to, if you want to make a comparison between the two, I hate it when it comes down to free throws for the over or under it's, it's just the worst feeling in the world. Spence, the next game, the official worst team in the entire NFL, the New York football mm-hmm. giants against a hapless San Francisco 49ers team who's missing almost half of their roster. They get their ass kicked 36 to nine, something like that. The Giants score nine points at home. Oh man. And all the money went on the Giants. I'm going against the Giants every single week. They're so bad to get beat by Nick Mullins and your best two defensive players are out running backs, linemen, everybody's out. And the Niners still go up and down the field. The The Giants are disgusting. Yeah, the only team that may be worse than them are their neighbors in the Jets. 
<laughs> it's just wow. It's impressive. It's almost it's almost impressive how bad they are. It's like it's like how bad can two teams in one city be at the same time? It's like you have to actually coordinate with each other and see how you know bad you can get your team. Daniel Jones will probably not be the quarterback for the Giants in a couple of years. Same with gonna hit the reset button. Spence, we talked about Steelers, Texans. I was going to text you at easy, 17. Easy. Easy. I was ready to text you at 17 to 3 and talk about how the Texans' money line was great. Then all of a sudden, they stopped playing in the second half and they allowed that idiot Roethlisberger, who's a stiff these day and age, and that sorry Steelers offense to come back, not only win, but cover late in the fourth. Never doubted it for one second. That Get out of here. Okay, let's go to play at the second half. Let's go on to the next game. Uh, Rams Bills Spence. Uh, we that was a hell of a game. I predicted it. Uh, the Rams came all the way back, and then a fluke pass interference call in the Bills' favor uh, got them to go ahead touchdown. Uh, really late start for the Rams as, as they didn't wake up till the second half. But we know what that offensive ca- is capable of. Let's give the Bills and Josh Allen credit, though. Josh Allen is a good player. I don't care what anybody says. His stats over the last 14 games are as good as anybody's. The Bills are going to be right in the conversation for one of the top two seeds. Um, The Rams uh, traveled East Coast, couldn't get the job done, so we lost out on that one. We were both right on the Browns. I don't take the Browns very often, but this is a prime spot for them to get an easy win. But they, they made it close, Spence. In the fourth quarter, they were actually down four points to the Redskins before scoring a few unanswered. They get the win. And then, of course, the next one after that, we were both on the Patriots as they win easily against the Raiders. Talk about that one real quick. Yeah, I, I, it was just so choreographed. We knew Darren Waller was going to be taken out of the game, which was appropriate. And, yeah, I didn't. I got, we talked about earlier, didn't have rugs. But this team is – everyone's going to watch the game tape on this. It's The blueprint is out, so – run game it really doesn't matter they don't have a a passing defense they don't have a run defense the uh, offense isn't nearly as explosive as it was made out to be in the first couple weeks and i think we will see that trend continue uh unless the raiders play a really bad team which they don't really have a soft schedule i agree with you spence let's go to the next row because we already touched on bears falcons and that one uh panthers chargers we hit on that briefly uh, just really disgusting performance by the Chargers. If they expect to compete for a playoff spot, you can't lose to the Panthers at home without McCaffrey. You got a young team that's injury real traveling West Coast, and, and the Chargers just lay an egg like that. Totally unacceptable, Spence. Yeah, without a doubt. It's and then they could come out next week and and have a big win. You know, that's that's the kind of performances you're getting out of the Chargers right now. I was completely on the wrong side of this next one. I was on the Jets. It was more a play against the Colts. Uh, but the Jets are definitely at a tie for the worst team uh, with the Giants. Uh, but, Corey, yes, I bet the Jets because the Colts are the team I'm going to be fading, and I'll be fading them every week until it plays out like I know it will. Phillip Rivers can't move, okay? He cannot move in the pocket. So if you put pressure on him, you're going to make him throw interceptions, and you can hit him. Well, that Colts offensive line has played outstanding. So I don't know what's going on with the defensive that are facing the Colts thus far, but they're not hitting rivers. And the Colts are finding ways uh, to manufacture points. They're not that good. Okay, so hopefully we find a team that they play here in the next couple weeks uh, that's going to give them a run for their money because they're going to be overvalued. Uh, They're starting running backs out. They've got a receiver that's out. 
Uh, the Colts are not as good as that scoreboard shows last week. The Jets are just that bad, and Adam Gase will be gone sooner than later. Next game, Seahawks, Cowboys, Spence, you were on the right side. That's another one I got robbed at as the Cowboys were up 31-30 late. They, they should have held the Seahawks to a game-winning field goal. Instead, Russ Wilson throws a touchdown pass on third and long late in the fourth quarter. Seahawks win and get the cover, Spence. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, before you go that, let's say that was not a fluke win because the real fluke in that game came on that long touchdown pass that should have gone in. So let's not let's not go there. My my guy from Ole Miss, who I just couldn't believe slid that far, and the fact that the Raiders didn't take him, I think, is uh, close to a, a crime. But uh, you know, he's a superstar now. The Seahawks are superstars. The defense still doesn't look great, but again, the Cowboys do have one of the best offenses in the league. So I'll, I'll be curious, longevity-wise, you know, projecting into the playoffs, how they are able to perform against some of the better teams. Spence, what I thought was maybe the easiest game of the week as a favorite, uh, the Denver Broncos, they're just uh, – without Drew Locke. Drew Locke isn't the greatest thing, but he had some momentum going. Uh, the Broncos are going to turn to Brett Rippon out of Boise State on a short week against the Jets this Thursday. Uh, that's going to be a stinker. But Tom Brady and the Bucks get a nice – Easy win on the road, and they get the cover there also, Spence. Yeah, this was my game of the week. It was just so easy. To me, this looks exactly like the, the Raiders game to me, the way I look at it and how easy it is. I could be wrong, but the fact that it was less than a touchdown, it just I don't know. Uh, actually, at like seven even, but still, I, I would have taken it at that point too. Spence, let's go to the next row of games as we finish up our picks of the week. Lions-Cardinals, uh, I talked about it in detail, the week one matchup that ended in a tie last year as the Lions blew, blew a big lead. I knew these teams uh, personnel-wise matched up well. I was on the Lions. Everybody else in the world was on the Cardinals. So uh, that's the game I looked the best on. Yeah, it was great call. But the thing is with the Lions, they, they're they a good team. Excuse me. They're a great team. Like, not great, but – they're a playoff team, in my opinion, like roster-wise, at least on the offensive side of the ball. I'm a big fan of DeAndre Swift. Yes, he did drop that uh, very important game-winning pass against the Bears in Week 1, and they'd be staring at a 2-1 and versus 1-2 and now. But TJ Hawkinson is definitely one of the best uh, tight ends in the league, and you have really good playmakers on the outside. So <laughs> I don't know what to make of the Lions. I mean, that was a big win. So maybe it was enough momentum for them and able to kind of shake things off and look forward because I think they could be a wild-card team. Yeah, and I think games against any team besides the Packers that they're six-point dogs or more, it's worth a look on the Lions because they're going to be a competitive team as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, we were both on the Packers against the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees looks like his best days are a little bit behind him. Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams doesn't matter. He looked great. Uh, nice win. And if you had him on the money line, an even better win. Yeah, that, this was the most bizarre line, and I, I talked about this last episode. I have no idea how the Packers weren't favored in this. It's time to take Drew Brees behind the shed. Jameis Winston will probably be in by week eight is my bold prediction. Spence, the final game, I got to give Benny Superfly credit. He was on the Chiefs from start to finish. It took me a while to come around um, as I thought the Ravens had the momentum. But gosh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs looked exactly like they were at the end of last year. Super Bowl champs, and they really dominated start to finish. Uh, that game ended up as a 14-point win. It could have easily been 21 or more. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to say and like give myself credit like, oh, I knew it was going to be a blowout. No, I didn't think that. I just I saw plus points next to the chief and that was kind of my mentality into this game. It ended up working out very well in my favor.
Uh, Corey Fulton, he's upset because he's not getting enough props on his great picks this week. He knows the rest stop. He knows the rest stop email address. He can come back on and talk about it. One thing he is right about, though, uh, the presidential debate tonight was like this Thursday night game that we're going to preview coming up uh, in two days. The Denver Broncos, led by quarterback Brett Rippon, will take on Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. Uh, I believe the Broncos are a short favorite in that one, Spence. The over-under sitting at 40. Uh, I'm going to go to the well again. Uh, if Brett Rippon's getting the start, I'm going to say Darnold finally has a good game. I'm going to take the Jets' money line if they're the underdog in this one, Spence, on Thursday. Wait, who, who do the Jets play? The Broncos. Thursday night, this Thursday. Oh, what an awful, awful game. To awful. Even just... Worst game. Worse than Ooh. last week's Jaguars-Dolphins. Yeah, I, I could even get behind that game a little bit because I like Gardner Minshew. Ugh, I'm, I'm going to go Jets opposite. Broncos, gonna, Spence. Jets Broncos. I'm going to take the Broncos. I think the Broncos are solid enough defensively to cause enough turnovers to uh, swing this game. But uh. I, I would tend to agree, but I just think Sam Darnold's going to have a decent game at some point. And I think that some point's Thursday. I'll take He's the running Jets. for his life. Like it, a, Part of it is his fault. Well, there's two things. He has no weapons and he has no offensive line. It's like everything's going against him. I would take him up on the cheap if I was the Raiders. So I'm going to give a call and hopefully I can get something done. All right. Cause the only way anyone's watching that game is if they have money on it. So make sure you email, <laughs> yeah. make sure you email us at the rest stops, new email rest podcast at gmail.com. If you want to challenge the believer in the ways we will pick every game against the spread on Thursday, jump on the podcast, pick against us in order to be the champ. Uh, if not, too bad. Uh, so, Spence, as we wrap up our sports talk, I want to get to uh, – uh, it's just a little whiz here in the minute. But before we do, NBA Finals is set. The Miami Heat finished off the Boston Celtics. It'll be Heat-Lakers NBA Finals Game 1 starting off soon, Spence. How do you think this series is going to play out? Will it be a good one or are the Lakers going to roll? I don't th- I don't think they're going to roll, but I, I do. I'm leaning so heavy towards the Lakers here. And the, the, the key pivotal player of this series will obviously be Bam Adebayo. You know, he has this defensive prowess. He had that game-winning block against the Celtics, but he's not going up against Daniel Tice this time. He's going up against Anthony Davis. So, you know, in theory, those two could be, like, cancel each other out. I, I, I just think Anthony Davis is a little more talented than being canceled out by Bam Adebayo. But if he's able to surprise us, this young guy, uh, who I believe it has, like, 23 years old compared to Anthony Davis is 27, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the other outer and Andre Godala, because they'll be the full-time guys on LeBron James. And maybe in the last two minutes, we'll see Jimmy Butler. I don't expect to see Jimmy Butler on LeBron James full-time because he's got to step up offensively for this team to have a chance because we know the Lakers are going to be pretty good on the perimeter. They face guys like Jamal Murray and Damian Lillard and James Arden in the first three rounds. And, uh, while those teams aren't great defensively or as good as the Heat, uh, we know this Lakers team hasn't maybe not had the hardest time going into it, but I, in these key positions, I think they've had decent matchups to prepare them for this finals. For a Heat roster that, uh, quite honestly, doesn't have a superstar, Jimmy Butler might be. I'm still not able to call him that. You know, the guy still has 12-point games every once in a while. So, But we know he's what he's going to bring offensively and defensively. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning Lakers here. Spence, I think Miami shooters, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero are going to have to go off. I think LeBron steps it up into another gear for the finals, more than we saw in the last series where he was awesome on defense. I think Rajon Rondo steps it up to another gear 
And I think in turn, Kuzma will play better. I think the Lakers will roll in this series. I think they win it in five. And I think game one, they win by double digits. I don't know the line, but I think Rondo, LeBron have a really good game. The only thing that will stop them from covering is if they're awful from the free throw line. I think Dwight Howard gets some run and plays well. I think the Lakers are going to come out like a house of fire in game one. So we'll see how that matches up. Uh, finally, covering basketball, Spence, I don't know if you saw this story, uh, but in the chat, Corey Fulton's brother from another mother, Delonte West, uh, he's in the news as a former NBA player who has a close tie to LeBron James of the Lakers, uh, has been homeless and addicted to drugs for quite some time. Mark Cuban comes in as the uh, savior and gets this guy uh, reunited with his mom, from what I hear, paying for uh, drug rehab for him. Did you read this story? Yeah, no, I, I I did hear about it. And the thing is, I feel like my first gut reaction was why weren't they doing this earlier, especially a guy like Mark Cuban, who has infinite wealth, basically. But the fact that they're still doing it is a good thing. So I won't be too harsh on anybody involved, especially now that they're finally getting the help, which is a good thing. Yeah, uh, Corey, I think LeBron gets the finals MVP. The way he closed out the the Denver Nuggets, I think you'll see some of the same action in this series. I think LeBron uh, closes it out. I think he he plants his stake as uh, still the greatest player in the game, even 15-plus years in. Uh, He's been great in these playoffs, and for him to cap it off with the title in year one with Anthony Davis – Um, Look, I've always said, and look, it it may be what we saw recently, but I think LeBron James, for my money, he's the best player that ever has put a uniform on. Better than MJ, better than anybody. Um, And look, that's why it's a fun debate. I think LeBron James changes the game on both ends of the floor. Nobody's made more finals appearances consecutively than him, not MJ, not anybody. And you can argue and say that Scottie Pippen was the best second man ever. Uh, LeBron James, to do it at this high level without any serious injury for this long, is unheard of. And and the guy, he, he had one year last year of no playoffs, came back this year with the break. How he played in that Denver series on both ends of the floor was inspiring. Uh, aside from Anthony Davis, you don't really say that the Lakers have any superstars that are going to scare you. So for him to continue to elevate the play of his teammates is something special. So uh, LeBron, for me, win or lose, he he's the GOAT in my eyes. Look, I respect MJ. I respect Kobe. Uh, they're definitely on the Mount Rushmore, but for my money, uh, LeBron gets the uh, gold medal. Uh, but as we're finishing up here, Spence, hit the music. It's time for just a little whiz. Spence. This really pisses me off. Let's rock. Yeah, so uh, if I can go off a little bit here, it's my—it's like a little mini rant. That's what the segment will be about. I got into a little bit of an argument online, as uh, most people do at some point in their lifetime, and uh, we talked about comic book heroes and comic book movies and all that kind of stuff. And the subject came up of does it matter what the race of the superhero is when they're portrayed in these movies? And obviously, I forget the the guy's name, but uh, he's an uh, an African American man being. Uh, offered the position or rumored to be in the position of Reed Richards, which is uh, Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. And to me, I say, who cares? Because the fundamental character of Reed Richards is not a Caucasian man. It's the fact that he's really smart and that he has the stretching ability. So if they were to change the character, make Reed Richards like this head, you know, guy of 
reconstructing a neighborhood of some sort. Yeah, maybe I'd be like, okay, you're changing the fundamental ideology of this character, but the fact that if a, if if a, an African American man stretches or or a white guy, it makes no difference as long as I like the actor and I think he would be good in that role. I see new no issues with it. And there's also the arguments people say, oh, what if they made Batman's suit orange? Well, now you're really starting to go off on a tangent here because Batman's suit is dark because it helps him with stealth and stuff like that. You know that changes the fundamental ideology of that character. And the guy was always saying, why don't they just make different characters? Like, well, that takes a lot of investment. And especially nowadays, if you're going to try to make a new character, you got to put so much into it. And it's just not easy to do that anymore. So, you know what? If they want to change, like, if Batman was, like, Asian or something, who cares? Because he's still Batman. But that, that's all I got to say on that, Brad. I don't know if you have an opinion on, on this subject. But it, it really uh, messed with me and it kind of annoyed me. I'm going to save my opinion for a later date. Uh, but that was just a little whiz with uh, Spencer the Wiz. And also follow Spencer's YouTube channel, Blue Milk Boys Gaming. Like, subscribe. Uh, Spence, anything else you want to plug? That on Instagram as well, Blue, Blue Milk Boys Gaming. Yeah, uh, be on the look in the future. I'm starting. Uh, I already have my own sports podcast, but it will be going on the radio at some point in October, uh, I will say it at that. When it gets closer to the date, I will let you guys know. I'm going to try to do a lot of fantasy advice. I'm going to, I think I'm going to gear my show off of that. So if you guys ever have questions uh, right before game day, I'll be coming on Friday night. So I will be. Yeah. Well, Corey Fulton needs some uh, fantasy advice as his team uh, is trying to hover above 500. I'm sure. But look, if you missed any part of the show, uh, make sure you check out the church. The church is in session at the beginning of the rest stop today. Make sure you go back and listen to that. And, uh, and watch it on my YouTube channel, Brad the Believer. You can find all of our podcasts on the Facebook page, on the Twitter page, at Brad the Believer. Also, make sure you go to www.twitch.tv slash Football. Download the Twitch app and make sure you watch us live every Tuesday and Thursday. Also, search any of the podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Search Landry Football's conference call and then search The Believer. I want to thank Spencer the Wiz, Corey, uh, Benny Superfly. I want to thank Ed Graney from the Review Journal. I want to thank everyone that's listening. Please keep listening, subscribing, liking, as we'll be with you again live on Thursday. Have a great Wednesday, and we'll be back at it for Brad the Believer and Spencer the Wiz. It's a rest stop. Have a great night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.